Welcome back to BNE Boston Sports Radio. This is episode six here at Quinnipiac University. Ooh. Joined today, Mike King, Seth Ramos in the studio. No E today, but the show must go on. Shout out E for uh, you know keeping busy with class and uh, chronicle stuff. But you know we had a busy week of Boston sports. You know we're going to toss mm-hmm. in a little bit of New York Jets football in here, and we're just going to have a great time on this Friday afternoon. So starting off with our you know favorite topic here at BNE, the uh, New England Patriots back on track. Got a uh, very impressive win on the road last week. At MetLife, mm. we were in, you know, we were, we were in, in attendance. Uh, in attendance. Yep. That um, was awesome. Um, I had a great time. So let's yeah. just address it with that. It was a, it was a fun experience being down there. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the only cons I'd say would be, uh, you know, the shoeless woman that sat <laughs> directly in front of my, uh, my friend Seth over here. Uh, she stunk the place up pretty good. But other than that, it was uh, kind of a sloppy game, I would say. Yeah. Um, you know, some some uh, offensive issues on both sides of uh, of the ball. Uh, yeah, or offensive issues on both teams. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I should say better, uh, better football could have been played. Yes, all yes, around exactly. Um, I did want to mention I was saying to uh, Brendan right before the uh, show started, Ramondre Stevenson. I didn't even realize he had seventy yards, seventy one yards rushing on sixteen carries, seven receptions for seventy two yards, and. Uh, per Brendan, he's uh, one of two running backs in the NFL to have over 500 rushing yards and 200 receiving yards. The other one being Christian McCaffrey. That's what right. a duo right there. You know, Christian McCaffrey is talked about as one of the most, you know, versatile running backs in the NFL. Um, you know, he does a great job at both. You know, and, he, and he threw a touchdown, so that'll, uh, yeah. that'll, only, that'll only prove his versatility. He's really adding everything to his bag. But, um, yeah, like Mike said, Ramondre has been on a tear lately. Um, you know, I think it does numbers for a few different things. You know, it. Bill Belichick has publicly, you know, complimented, you know, Ramondre's game, which I think is something that you know rarely happens for Bill Belichick to go out of his way and compliment, you know, a player on your team, especially a younger player. You know, you see him do it with the vets, mm. the people that you like know, McCourty. Ben McCourty. Yep, we'll get later. His, yeah, any of his typical, you know, veterans that have been there for a while, but right. Um, Ramondre's look great, and you know this is significant because you have a, you know, a 
can do it all back. You know, he's getting getting the receiving opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, he caught a couple of passes the other day. And you have a guy that, when he's on the field, he's big enough to throw, you know, blocks here and there when our offensive line, you know, eventually gives out, which it happens to do quite a lot. Mm. Um, what I'm, uh, personally, what I'm very impressed in watching him play is the second, third, fourth efforts even. Yeah. As soon as, I think he's got to be up there in the league. Yards after contact, he's got to be high. I can, yeah, I can check it actually. But um, he's, he's a guy that just refuses to go down. I'm, I'm not going to say that he's the same player as, so don't quote me on that, but he d- reminds me a lot of Marshawn Lynch in, the, in mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, he's just head down, I'm going, and you mm-hmm. can't bring me down. There's nothing mm-hmm. you can do about it. He he does uh, bring me Marshawn Lynch uh, beast mode vibes. Yeah, and that kind of killed the Jets on their third down defense. It was really a lot of just him powering through. You know, they, like seeing him, like whenever he had the ball, I knew that it was... It's a, he only averaged 4.4, but I knew more often than not he was going to get a solid gain of at least seven. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, Harris has been out for at least three or four weeks at this point. Oh, well, he's back. Is he's, he back? He, he played, he played he on played Sunday. Sunday. He played Sunday. All right, so 11 I can, carries for 37 yards. That, that statement right there by me, completely unknowing to the Two situation. Two receptions as well for 15. That... To me, speaks volumes of the situation that we're in right now in the running back room. You know, mm-hmm. I was at the game, and it's. Yeah, but it, you're also when you're watching the game, you barely see like or pay attention to who's on the field because when we're at home watching, you yeah, know, we have the the broadcast telling us, oh yeah, you know every Checking single in. detail. But right. at the game, there's at that game there was so much going on and it was so overwhelming that yeah. you just could not you mm-hmm. couldn't pick up on the little things mm-hmm. until they happened, and it was the like where the ball was yeah right but yeah. um i i did end up just looking this up here uh Ramondre is uh sixth in the nfl in yards after contact with 309 which is over half of yeah. his total yards on the ground mm-hmm. and he is also third in the nfl in broken tackles those are very very impressive stats he is up there with the only the five running backs ahead of him for yards after contact Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, Damian Pierce. Yeah, my boy. <laughs> and then the only the only running backs that I see on here that are uh, ahead of him in terms of broken tackles, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, and Damian Pierce. Yeah. And then there's Ramondre. Like, and that's he's an impressive an group to be train. in. Very impressive group to be in with those um, of course. big name guys. You know, Pierce is having a strong year as well. You know, they have a similar build, but, you know, I think it's a very interesting situation we have here with Ramondre. Mm. You know, fourth round pick. Especially with uh, Harris on a contract year, I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a, that is a very big deal. Because you know the Patriots are not afraid to get rid of like, fan favorite players. That's right. And I would consider Damian Harris to be a fan favorite player. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, you look at him. If you've ever been to a Pats home game, you see him before every game go up to the, you know, uh, the, the front row of the bleachers and get the fans going and stuff like that. Granted, I've only seen that one time. But yeah. I was like across the field from him and I was getting hyped up. I was like, hey, dad, look over there. It's mm-hmm. Damien. Mm-hmm. He's getting the boys ready. But um, I think yeah. I saw him doing that at MetLife. Yeah, he's always doing it, that. That, that stadium was that so packed and Patriots fans traveled very well, obviously. Mm. They usually show out. You know, I know you guys credit. were there, but there, were, there was a solid crowd. Granted, the Patriots, I would say, are kind of like the Yankees of football when it comes to fandom where everywhere you go, there's probably going to be a Patriots fan. 
There was a good amount of Pats fans there for sure. Um, also, doesn't hurt that uh, you know New Jersey isn't exactly too far away from Matt Light. Uh, yeah. New Jersey isn't too far away from Foxborough. Yeah, it's uh, not my, like you my, gotta hop on a plane. Speaking of Patriots fans across the country, my dad was just down in South Carolina this past week, and there was Patriots flags like on Main Street down there in South Carolina. So I don't, I don't know if those are New Englanders. Well, I mean, granted, the way Carolina season's going, how, <laughs> yeah. how much, yeah, fan, how as much as well do you want to hop on the bandwagon? There. You know, not exactly. even hop on a bandwagon. Well, actually, there's really nothing to root for. The Panthers when it comes are, to Carolina football, other than you know in they the college lost last scene. week. Panthers lost. Panthers are what three and five. It's gotta be, I thought that was I like thought it was worse. I'm pretty sure they almost won their. They almost they got first had, place in the division. I, I thought think. they only had one. Yes, game, one that win. division uh, is weak. That not division get, is weak. Not they to get off track. Oh, they're two and six. I apologize. The, uh, Atlanta Falcons but to they, be in playoff contention right now. That's the thing, though. They were both uh, here. Let's. They were. Oh, I might be tripping saying this. Never mind. Uh, the Falcons were three and four going into that game, and the Panthers were two and five. So. So, yeah, if the Panthers won that game, they would have been in first place, which is crazy to think about. Wow. <laughs> and, now they're, and now they're in last. But, uh, anyways. It's a, cl- it's a close division. Yeah, it, uh, four and four, three and five, three and five, two and six. Um, Speaking of close division, we got Patriots, or not Patriots, we have Jets Bills this weekend. Mm-hmm. I'm going to preview it. I'll take, let Seth take the, the lead on this. But, mm. you know, that's a big game for the entire AFC East. It's It's... I'd say it's close right now, record-wise. Obviously, the Bills are probably the most talented team in the NFL. Oh, for sure. You know, obviously, the AFC East, but... I think their defense has really been the standout this year, mm-hmm. to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, their offense has put up over 200 points this year, but I was uh, reading something earlier, and only 98 points allowed this year mm-hmm. through eight games, or seven games, because they had a bye, I think. Were you reading that through our Pro Football Focus Plus account? Shout out to Mr. King for hooking that up. I was not, but I should have been. Yeah. Um, Let me sign into that. uh, Thank you to my dad for that. I appreciate that. Take a special moment to shout out Mr. King for that. We appreciate that. And our biggest fan out there. And, you know, he's hooking us up with the uh, subscriptions to get those fine statistics so that we can actually back up what we're saying. And we're not just an opinion-based show. Think about this, though. The Bills, through seven games, are averaging... 14 points allowed. Unreal. Yeah, that is and very... And is Tredavious White even playing? I don't think he is. I thought he got hurt early on. That's they have a I lot. Thought. They have I a very he, young secondary. He had torn Extremely his ACL young. and missed, I think, all of last year or most of last year. Um, I don't think he's played this year. No, he has not. I think Kair Elam is like their right. top corner alongside another rookie third he, rounder, I believe. Yeah, I think he, Elam's been playing well, though, I think, which obviously would amount to the fact that they are you know, letting up only 14 points a game, yeah. which is uh, definitely, definitely up there in terms of uh, defenses around the NFL. But uh, Seth, what I wanted to ask you was... Um, mm-hmm. Coming off this uh, tough, close game to the Patriot, uh, the Patriots, what do the Jets have to focus on in order to keep the game close and winnable against the Bills? Well, I think the answer is pretty obvious. It's it's Zach Wilson. I mean, um, I would have a lot more confidence coming into this game if I saw Zach, if Zach played against Cleveland because other than um, Matthew Judon, he never really faced as much of a powerful pass rush as what he's about to face with the Bills. So right. I'm uncertain. Like, his biggest downfall was the pass rush. He evaded. He never. He didn't get sacked, I believe, unless he only got sacked I think sacked he got sacked once. once, and I think it was Lawrence Guy. He got sacked twice. Okay. But one of them had Still, his ability then. to evade sacks 
was absolutely superb. Yeah, he, he was he, able to yeah. move around the field well, but it's just once he starts moving, that's when things start to shut down. Shut down. Right. That's when he starts to shut down because all he's thinking of is, I got to get rid of the ball. I can't get. I can't take a loss of yards. And meanwhile, he's got in past the line of scrimmage about five or six yards, and then he could just scamper out of bounds. Right. His ability to evade sacks was absolutely amazing, but his ability to inability to evade sacks for a positive gain just was not there. And that's ended up eventually how they lost because and when he did try to get that positive gain, he would throw off his back foot and it would just not be right to in McCourty's the Jets. hands. Right. Just not to the Jets. <laughs> and I think that that's something that they have to work on. They have to work on, you know, incorporating more of a run game for Zach Wilson because he's not Lamar Jackson type speed. He's of not course. Kyler Murray type speed, but he can move fairly well. He's not, he's a young guy. He's not necessarily considered just a pocket quarterback. Yeah. You know, he has that mobility with him and he's just got to trust himself and be confident that, you know, I can, I can get those yards myself. He only had one rush for two yards, you know, it, yeah, the, you expect also, a little bit more of a running game from such a young quarterback. Granted, he passed a lot better than the week before. He had 355 yards, right? And you know he got Denzel Mims very much involved. Garrett Wilson doing Garrett Wilson things. Is he the, Garrett Wilson had a nice. Uh, was it a? It was either a deep ball or he caught it and he had a lot of yards. I think that's one of the two. I think he had both. I believe both. that his longest was 54 yards, which is fantastic, and that wasn't even the longest pass that. You know, yeah. play that they had. It was Denzel Mims' 63-yard uh-huh. uh, play. But he, he just ne- needs to be able to get a better feel of what's around him right. or what's in front of him. He has a feel for what's around him, and he was able to move very well. But you got you know guys like Von Miller coming off the edge. Yeah, Von Miller's a bit old, but he's still Von Miller. He's still doing a fantastic job. He's having a great year. Yeah. He's getting pressure on him all the time. It's just all about being able to get past that line of scrimmage, getting a positive gain. Interceptions are going to happen. Some of those interceptions, it was a bit... Yeah, and of course, he's still a second-year player after all, and he missed the first, Mm -hmm. uh, what, four or five games of the season? Yeah. He's he's still sort of settling in. One of those interceptions he had, it it was just a high-pointed pass that, you know, you're... You're expecting a super athletic receiver play from a running back in Ty Johnson, which you're not gonna, you're not really also gonna get. Short, right? Isn't right. He's like not five nine. He's five, not ten, the tallest of guys, so you're throwing to him over the middle like he's your tight end. So you can't really like fault it on Zach as much as just trying to get it over there. But the other two interceptions, it was he was off his back foot. He was scrambling out to the right, and you know it was just absolute ducks to. To the other team, I don't even think there was any contention for any of his receivers to get, make a play on it. But yeah, what know. I would like to see Zach Wilson do, just as like a as a football fan in general, you know, Mac Jones last game definitely not known for his legs at all, but he ran the mm-hmm. ball seven times, only yeah. gained twenty yards. But you know, he's, uh, Wilson's got to make he's, up his mind a little quicker rather mm-hmm. than you know hoping that somebody ends up getting open by the time he's right next to the white paint on the sideline, you know, because at that point he's either got to force it or he's got to throw it away. Uh, yeah, you know, and go ahead and run the ball up. Go go ahead and slide. Go ahead and just go straight down, you know, even a few times. If it's a few yards, there you go. Yeah, and a big, like, a, one of the things that I noticed was that he was only making one read and then moving, mm. right? He He's almost cursed by talent, by the talent that surrounds him because he had... 
you know, Garrett Wilson, he's a very quick guy. He's going to get open more often than not. And he looked for Garrett Wilson. And the Patriots' defensive secondary is not bad. They're pretty good secondary. Obviously, three interceptions. For sure, yeah. But it's not a bad secondary. And he made one read, saw it wasn't there, and then he got moving. Right, granted, that pocket absolutely collapsed on him. But, mm-hmm. you know, you got to be able to not wait so long for one guy to open up. You got to be constantly scanning. And that's the difference between a college quarterback and an NFL quarterback. You know, you're not sure, going to yep. face the same guys that you faced at BYU. Absolutely not in no way possible. Right? You're facing the guy, like guys who played at top five schools, guys who won national championships, guys yeah, from exactly. the SEC, Big Ten. You're going to face talent that will cover, that's mm-hmm. going to cover everybody. And you need to be able to adjust, adapt, you know. Yeah, what, yeah, what I wanted to uh, just uh, touch on real quick before we move on, um, Pat's obviously playing the Colts this week, kind of a big game for them. They'll be able to maybe get up above 500, which would be huge before the bye, because I do believe their bye week is after the Colts game. Sounds I know the Jets bye right. week is after the Bills. Okay, then there you go. Um, so, Brendan. Yes. Uh, the Colts are playing... A first-time starter, Sam Ellinger, Jonathan Taylor, ruled out. They just traded Just traded their backup. What do you think the Pats got to do to make sure they win this game? You know, I uh, I believe the offensive coordinator, something Brady, um, was also just fired. Right, yes, their offensive coordinator was uh, Marcus Brady. Yeah, so, you know, my initial thoughts with the Patriots that they need to win this game is they just need to treat it like any other game. I hate this narrative because they did it with the Bills, you know. Patriots. I mean, the Patriots themselves probably like Bill Belichick was like the Bills are very or the the Bears are very talented team, and as fans, we're like, that's not true, Bill. Come on, stop lying to us. But I think mentally, as a you know a football player, you need to go into this game and treat it like you just played the Jets or you're playing the Bills or this is a playoff game because right. it's the NFL. Everyone's very talented, and you never know when a guy is going to step up. Like Sam Ellinger could have a you know Dal- Cooper Rush type of like comes into the game and. Dots is up. Just wins, yeah. Just so. makes the right reads and doesn't throw any scary passes or anything like that. You, you never know. I mean, we've never seen him start before, I don't think. so. You, can, you really never can rule out the underdog. And, you know, obviously I'd give the Colts the underdog status with this game, just specifically how their season is going and you know, with the uh, moves they recently made internal. So Yeah, this is a huge game for them as well because they win this game, then they're up at 500, and they're above us. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's another thing to watch out for. You're, you're, you're fighting for... A playoff spot down the road here. This game is actually a lot bigger than people will think. Yeah. You know? And obviously, having no Jonathan Taylor, it is helps. It very really, much really does help. help. <laughs> um, I remember he ran all over us last year. Yep. Thanks, Dante Hightower, for that. But, um, <laughs> he's no longer on the team, so there will be no missed tackles, hopefully, on we runs up the perfect. middle with two minutes left. But, um,. I know we hate him, but I got to say, Nikhil Harry made an amazing catch against the Colts last year. There's no chance we don't threaten a comeback if he doesn't make that catch. That was probably the highlight, the highlight of his of career, his career. Right there. Uh-huh, for sure. That was, I remember, I think we might have, I don't remember when I was that. watching that game, but I remember, like, screaming at the TV, like, oh, my God, like, this is, he tore the page. Like, Either this, that like, or the Seahawks game that he had in 2020. Those two yeah. are probably the highlights of his career. But, yeah. um, well, it's never a B&E episode without yeah. a... Uh, Reference to big old one five, except so, for uh, last week's. Yes, yeah, last week that was, was weird. For those dream who did not see on Twitter, last week was a momentous, <laughs> monumental, historical <laughs> episode. Whether we, it was about, it wasn't even about what we discussed. More of what we didn't discuss. And I believe, yes, my, since my first time, we 
it was we refused we did not, to mention we did not discuss Nikhil I believe Harry. that since this show was founded in October of 2021 that we had referenced Nikhil Harry at every single episode until last week where we you know page just didn't fall and and, and I think got a touchdown yeah, right. and kind of touched that him last week. scored. Yeah. yeah, so we will reference him this week, and he probably won't do anything. So I think it's just we just got to keep this rolling, uh, working for against sure. him here. But yeah, Mike, I think it's just important for the Patriots to treat this like an, you know any big game. I know that's cliche, but they just need to stay locked in. Right. You know, I'd really like to see Jack Jones, you know, get some kind of pass breakup interception. Just keep his little train, get his confidence up. You so gotta, that, yeah, you got to believe that they'll stick him on uh, Michael Pittman. Yeah, give him give him the chance, like. You know, we we potentially have a you know a stud in you know in the secondary, and yeah, his development I mean, right now is very important. That's right, because he's, then you can trust him down the line. You know, he's had a matchup against a good receiver. Yeah. Trust him, and when we go to the playoffs, and we have to play the Bills or the Jets or someone that we have to beat as a good stud receiver. He's had a great first half of the season. He's ranked highly among corners, yeah. not even just rookies, but throughout the league as a whole. Um, him and Sauce Gardner, legitimate threats. To each other, the legitimate threats to each other for a a defensive player, rookie, defensive rookie of the year. I mean, yeah, I think right now Sauce probably has the edge on him. Trying to be unbiased, you know, because he he was a first round talent and he's living up to it. And I think that that definitely means something. But um, he did give up a touchdown last week against Jacoby Myers. I. And Jack Jones, I don't think he gave up one, so... I wouldn't even consider that... Like, I, I really don't consider that... Forget my bias. If yeah. you see that play... We're not biased. Yeah, no, you, it yeah. was It was if a screen at play, the goal line. It was a screen where he was blocked off, so he wasn't even covering. Yeah. So, I wouldn't even... It is what it is. It is what it is. It was All one right. yard, or not, like, a few yards, so it's not like it was a crazy amount. Or I think with the amount of... With the, what is it? He had two tackles for losses already. So with that touchdown pass, he essentially only gave up one yard, one touchdown that right. entire game. Yeah, I mean Which that's not too bad. Insane, of course. insane. He's like he's. I mean, so yeah. Good. Teams so refuse to throw to him, which just and he's a rookie, so that just shows you, you know, exactly how good he is. And he's what six three, which uh, you know you don't see a lot of those tall corners that are fast like that, able to move well. Yeah, six three. Um, Six three two hundred. Yeah, he's gonna have he's gonna have a good career if he can stay healthy, which so far hasn't been a problem. So yeah. Um, well, I mean, how how hard is it gonna be to stay healthy when you're not getting thrown to? So you're not needing to make. Hey, you never know. Non contact injuries. They do happen now. They do happen. Yes, yes, but but uh, yeah, we will uh, we'll be right back in a few minutes, and we will uh, give you some thoughts about uh, hockey and the Bruins and the Rangers game last night, and uh, yeah, we'll be right back. All right, stay with us.
Sorry about that. Slight delay. You know we tend to have technical issues here at B&E. Thanks for sticking with us. So as Mike teased before we went to our quick commercial break, the Boston Bruins are red hot. They are the best team in the NHL. Just beat the Rangers last night. Not to put a man, kick a man while he's down with, you know, we just beat up on the, the Jets. Now we're beating up on the Rangers. But the Bruins, they look electric. They're having a really, really excellent start to the season. Um, you know, you have Bergeron and Krejci back. Definitely having a... Uh, positive impact on this team but you know you have some players that we've personally not been a huge fan of here on B&E you know I mean you yeah 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 I mean yeah. we as in I personally have been shitting on Nick Flingo for a while whoa. and uh Brendan. he's actually proving no, me I wrong mean, yeah he's right. proving me wrong no. but it's it's fascinating to me because for a while I mean he, he's got what four goals this season three three or four goals this season that's more than he had all of last year, and I understand. First like, star of two to last yeah, night. <laughs> first star of the game. Um, you know, I listened to his post game, post game press conference, and it, you know, it was just very. It was kind of made me like him. I don't know. He's he was very. Um, yeah, I know. It was Uh-oh. very like uh, maybe I shouldn't have been doing that for so long. But listen, I was against him for so long because he was getting paid a significant amount of money to be in the fourth line and play over young guys. And this year, you, you're getting you're getting young guys, Jacob Lauko. Um, AJ Greer, both in the lineup last night. You know, AJ Greer got in a fight, stood up for Fred, you know Trent Frederick after he got completely laid out. Um, that was you know, a filthy hit. It was yeah, it was a nice, and I can't deny it, it was a big hit. Um, but you know, teams clicking. You know, I think everyone's starting to lock in, and I like it personally. Not only being, you know, the best team and having a great record, but you know, a thing I've been talking about on this show for a while, and if you were here, he'd be able to kind of most likely back me up on this is that the Bruins are at the end of this tunnel right now, this window of winning, an opportunity to go and compete for a Stanley Cup. And 
I'm not going to hide from it. This is Bergeron's last year. This is more than likely Krejci's last year. The, the deal is probably, you know, let's run it back one more time just for the sake of all the time and effort we put into this organization. Um, you know, the team performing so well right now, I think it's important for management to make the right decisions, which we will get to. They made a bad decision today. But right. for management to see that the team is able to compete for a championship and go out and make moves that will put us in an opportunity, whether it's in the next month or if it's right before the trade deadline, to go and acquire talent that will be able to kind of push you over the edge. Because to win a Stanley Cup, you have to have depth. You have to have guys in the third and fourth lines contributing. Because if you look back on the 2019 team that made it to the Stanley Cup, you had guys Noel Chari, Sean Corrales on the fourth line. That fourth line was special. They were special, and I, it really adds to it. And you need to have young guys that want to prove stuff. And we have, I feel like we have that right now. Um, you know, they just traded Jack Stanika, so they're they're confident in the young guys they have now. We have veterans, and we have everything. So, you know, I'm going to turn the page to Mike. What are your thoughts on the team so far? What has, in your opinion, been the reason that they have been so successful? And do you think it's just a, a good start? Do you think they're, do you think they're just, you know, all around strong team? Uh, I mean, the big uh, the big thing is uh, the chemistry is just finally all clicking. I mean, you've got Pasta and Krejci reunited again. Obviously, he wasn't playing last night, but uh, you had Pavel Zaka on the second line, I believe, last night. Uh, made a great pass to uh, Jake DeBrusque, who slapped home a uh, one-timer. Yeah, it was Ethan got that on video. Yeah, nice. And he's um, continuing to expand on his uh, good end to the season last year. You know, uh, after he reportedly requested a trade, he has since rescinded that trade request and yeah. seems to be very happy now playing on. Uh, a Jim mixture of the first and second line, mostly the first line. Um, you know, he's only going to get better, I think, as he gets older. I think he's in a great position right now. Uh, I think this is going to prime him to be a more dynamic player once Bergeron and Krejci go after this season. Um, they're definitely going to need to go out and grab some center in free agency or trade for them and extend them or something like that. Somebody that is just, like, worthy enough, you feel? Do you feel that's a move that they would make this year to really uh, bolster up the lower end of the team, or do you think that's something you address after this year? Barring injuries, uh, I don't think they need to. Yeah. Not this year. That's something, you know, you're going to be losing that Bergeron contract, even though he's not making a ton anyway. Yeah. Uh, you're going to be losing Krejci, um, you know, so there's some money that opens up there. Uh, you know, you don't even need a stud. You just need somebody who's, you know, good enough to pass the puck around, you know, yeah. uh, just get everybody involved. Um, Taylor Hall has had a great year. He's played center in the past, I believe. Uh-huh. Th- th- there's always a possibility you can move him to be your first-line center. Uh, he's no stranger to playing on the first line, former uh, MVP. Um. <laughs> But yeah, I think the hot start is exactly what they need. They need teams to, you know, fear the Bruins. Yeah. Um, right now they're playing great hockey. Uh, the defense hasn't looked too bad without McAvoy, which well, only should be back. Like they, they've all right. So here's the thing with Mac. He can co- technically come off this weekend off the uh, whatever the NHL calls their entry list. It's like the L. TR, LA, something. Yeah, yeah. It's not, the, it's something fancy. Injured list or whatever. whatever. I don't know. 
they for them to be able to be able to bring McAvoy back, they're going to have to move some money around because they're hard capped right now. Which looks like moving Mike Riley back down to Providence, which they've done like four times already. Right. Yeah. And I think or is it Strawman, somebody and, like that. Uh, what's his Ranger? name? Just went on to. Uh, Someone, Forbert just is out for like a month with like a wrist thing. So yes. they're going to put him on some temporary IR thing. Who has already had like, he almost had like 20 blocked shots already this year. Yeah, like Derek, he, he was having a pretty Derek solid had a season. strong playoff run last year. I remember apologizing to him because I was wrong about him as well. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, some, some of the names I just want to shout out off the top is, you know, Hampus Lindholm almost looked excellent. Right now he's the number one option. You know, they gave up, you know, a couple future assets first round pick um whatever his name was number 11 the defenseman um and they kind of committed to him long term they gave him i believe a six-year contract five or six-year contract i want to say that it's six or something like that um you know he's only 28 right now too he had an overtime winner where he went coast to coast brought it in slot and buried it and i think for your you know when McAvoy returns he's gonna be your second option like that's just something really strong to build around mm. um and i really do believe that the rest of the defense is very serviceable um, 13 points as well four goals and 11 assists and i just wanted to point out that um the top three point scorers as defensemen in the nhl all three of them have a commonality between them in which they are all of swedish descent You've got Eric Carlson, Rasmus Dahlin, and Hampus Lindholm. So the Swedes run the defense for sure in the NHL. But, uh, yeah, Hampus Lindholm, I was not expecting him to uh, have the sort of offensive season that he's having right now. Uh, Four goals, nine assists. He had another uh, multi-point game last night with, I believe, he had a... uh, a goal and an assist, I want to say. Maybe? Hampus last night had a goal and assist, yes. Right, he and then the, he had four points the, the game pri- prior. Previous, yep. He's including on, the game winner. He is on a tear right now. Right. Um, along with him, a guy you already mentioned, Taylor Hall, has been excellent. He's back to that kind of, I'd say, 20. What what year did we acquire him? 20, uh, 2020, he, I think. Well, he wasn't here for the... It was the second... I think it, it was, was the second half the of the 2020 season. Was he for here for the... 20, was twenty? No, he wasn't. Yes, I believe he was for twenty nineteen playoff run. No, no, he wasn't here for that. He was Who? Taylor Hall twenty twenty. Oh, yeah, yeah, after the yeah the year after we lost the twenty 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 one season. Yeah, okay, yeah. So if that makes sense. Looking at that trade now, that is a total win for the Bruins. Who'd they even give up for him to acquire Taylor Hall? You know, a former MVP to play on the second line with Krejci and Pasternak. They gave up Anders Bjork, who was oh, a Bjork, Bjork. former first round pick, a former second round uh, pick. Um, he didn't pan yeah. out, and he has since been released, put on waivers by the Buffalo Sabres, who I wouldn't say are a very talented team, so that says a lot about his game. Well, they actually have a pretty solid record, I think, right now? this year. Yeah, the Buffalo Sabres, I want to say that they're, yeah, they're 7-3 and three right now. Wow. Um, they're second Last in the, year, at least. Yes, there you go. They're actually only trailing the Bruins in the division right now. They're ahead of the Lightning Panthers. Wow. Maple Leafs having a struggling season so far, but what's new? Um... Yeah, Taylor Hall, uh, he, uh, we knew this would happen, you know. Uh, he has all the talent in the world. He's one of the fastest skaters, has some of the best hands. Uh, you know, we, every Bruins fan wants to see if he can replicate that 2017-2018 season with 40 goals almost. Yeah. Uh, you know, 39 goals, 54 assists. But um, right now, man, he's on, a, he's on a good pace. He's almost averaging a point per game. But um, yeah, he's 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 done some good work for sure. 
and uh, I would definitely like to see him keep that up. He's been doing very well passing the puck ever since he's got to the Bruins, which is uh, something that we definitely needed. But um, speaking of uh, speaking of stuff we think we need, the Bruins kind of made a head scratching move today. Yeah. Um, so if there's any hockey fans out there who know anything about Mitchell Miller, uh, he was drafted by the Arizona Coyotes back in 2020. Um, not without controversy, though. That pick was actually rescinded because in 2016, when he was 14 years old, he was convicted of assaulting and bullying a developmentally disabled classmate mm-hmm. and reportedly forced him to eat a lollipop that he rubbed on a urinal, yeah. which is just utterly disgusting. Yeah, um, I'd say, uh, as Mike said, terrible, terrible, you know, thing that he had, you know, he'd done in the past. People look at that, um, and why would anybody want that to be part of an organization, especially an organization that is trending in the right direction right now? Right. Not that if the Bruins were zero and ten and they sign him, I'd be like, well, you know, you got to switch it up. I don't get it. I mean, the Arizona Co- Coyotes, for, he's not on the Coyotes for a reason. Like, I don't understand why he's on the Bruins. And I don't think Don Sweeney and the rest of the team understands either because according to the quote that came out from Don Sweeney today, he goes, this decision could be wrong. It invited a lot of negative negativity that we didn't need or want. Right. Says the man that signed the, like signed yeah. this guy. If, like, I don't if, understand if the that decision is, If the decision might be wrong, then why are we going through with it? Like, I understand he was good in uh, the juniors or whatever, but like... There's no place for that, and of course, on top of bullying this, uh, on top of bullying this kid, um, he happened to be African American, and mm-hmm. of course, Mitchell Miller had to be a dope and use racial slurs. Yeah. So you know, there's the, just the cherry on the. Uh, I don't. Yeah, cherry on top for you. I don't understand why he's allowed to step in an NHL locker room, honestly. But uh, apparently, the Bruins think he has something that can benefit the team. I don't care how good he is. I really don't want him on the team. I, but, I can, um, can't disagree with that statement whatsoever. I mean, I don't he's think a defenseman. He, I don't like, think he ever sees Boston. He's got to stay in Providence I mean, if, if he even has anything. If you, if you put, put the terrible acts aside, we don't need defensemen, especially not a young guy. We have guys that have been in Providence. We have right. guys, veterans that are fighting for a spot. Strictly talking hockey, we don't need a defenseman. We, have, we just signed Strawman. We have um, a bunch of guys that played a little, had little stints last year. You know what I mean? Zaboral hasn't played. Um, Akan, Jack Akan hasn't, you know, hasn't been called up. There's, there's so many more people that deserve an opportunity more than this guy. Um, I hate it. I don't think that this is anything that we want associated with the team. It brings a lot of negative. The, the guy who signed Don Sweeney said it. Doesn't make any sense to me why they would do something like this. Well, Don Sweeney is an idiot. All I just, right? Doesn't make any sense. Like he, he's the general manager. Like. He's the guy who signs the players. And I'll repeat the quote. This decision could be wrong. It invited a lot of negativity that we didn't want or need. If the guy who's doing that says that, like, I don't, doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't understand how you justify that. He shouldn't last. I mean, Seth, if you're going to say something. I see no reason as to how it would positively impact that organization. Well, whether it be between the press, between the fans, even in that locker room. Right. right, because you're coming into this with the team well aware, the entire league well aware of the situation. How do you expect that 
your teammates to react? What are they going to stand up for you in yeah. a time of need? They get on the ice. They got to be like, no, that's my guy. Is that their guy? Right. And and if I'm the Bruins, I absolutely not. I if anything, I'd cre- it would create more of like a Tony D'Angelo situation where he exited New York. Nobody was for him. Everybody hated him because he was a jerk. He yeah. was a terrible person. Yeah. Like, you can't just say, oh, let all bygones be bygones because this was brought into juvenile court. Right, exactly. This was a it, legal it, matter. It, it wasn't just court. like a, oh, he was mean to me. Oh, he hurt my feelings. Right. No, it's not like he. It's not like he beat him up and like spit on him or something, and then walked away. Like this was an ongoing, a continuing thing. thing. And the reason he wrote a letter to all the teams in the league at that time before the draft, explaining part of what happened, and never did he say that he apologized to the family. He said that he was sorry for what happened. He yeah, basically, he was sorry that it caught, that it caught the light of day. Exactly, and, yeah. and it, it never was revealed the extent of how serious it was. Nor was the full story told until this young man and his family, who was victim, who is the victims, they went and publicly described what happened. And I, I can't and like props to. The Coyotes for right, actually making the right choice and rescinding the pick. Right, but there's it's absolutely absurd to me that at this point in time that they go out and bring the Bruins bring this guy in, you know, because just because oh this all happened, the la- latest we really heard of him and his issues was 2020. It's two years later, which doesn't make anything better, and it's in a time right. where. You know, people are actively trying to make changes in the world and stuff like that, that especially is all over the Internet, just does not go away. Right. And like I said, he was 14 when he did this, which I don't want to hear anybody say, oh, he was just a kid because he's still a kid. Exactly. He's not. He's 20 years old. Six years. I mean, like, like, you can go to all the whatever, but like some of that, I feel like that's some of that stuff, like. You can't like ch- like change about a person. Maybe I mean, of maybe course, wrong, that's that that's something probably deeply rooted. I would it, say, I would and agree with that. Of course, statement. we were listening to Boston's finest radio, Felger and Maz earlier, and uh, Felger uh, brought up a great point. Uh, people like him, you know, are the same type of people who you know they like hurt animals when they're younger. There's like there's like yeah. a deep problem there. That's something that's just like you know that's underlying and. You know, uh, he's got issues, I guess, and I, I don't think that it should be up to the Bruins to deal with that. It's mm-hmm. not it's none of their concern, I don't think. Hopefully he doesn't stay here very long. But, um, yeah, like I, like I was saying, he did this when he was 14. And I don't know about you guys, but when I was 14, I knew what right and wrong was for yeah. the most part. Yeah. Especially... In terms this of situation, right? Bullying and racism, like that's not stuff that like you like learn when you get to a certain age. Like, right. That's something that is you know about it, yes, right? You're very you, aware of that. If you're 14 years old and you see a kid like that getting harassed by yeah. uh, and, and assaulted by yeah. this, you know, jackass or whatever, yeah, you're gonna most of the time you're gonna go say something. Like you know that that is wrong. Yeah. So him being 14 is not an excuse. At least in my eyes. I don't know how other people feel. I don't know who would be excited about this signing, but... Um, yeah, 
it's definitely it's a, just the uh, last thing the Bruins need right now, you know, because they're just on an absolute tear right now. They are taking over the NHL, um, you know, ten and one, best start in franchise history, and then they go and do something like this. Like it's, it's almost it's, like they're trying to kill the momentum. It's, yeah. mind, it's mind-boggling. Um, yeah, and, and of I, course you know, we've we've been reading about this situation. It's very fresh. You know, this happened today. Um, where you know it's more information is coming up. You know, every hour. But some of the stuff I've seen is that they you know the Bruins management talked to the players, and I'm sure Patrice Bergeron, the captain that right. has been here his whole career, has been brought in one and, of the most respected players in the game. You know, definitely the farthest thing from a dirty player or anything like that. Uh, he probably would have been a captain on, uh, you know, 29 of 30 teams at the time when Chara was a captain. But, you know, mm-hmm. Chara was just he was that guy. guy. Yeah, you can't. Bergeron, like I said, could have been captain on any other team in the league. Yeah. And nobody yep. would have batted an eye. So he he's the leader of that locker room. And, of course, there's a lot of underrated leaders in that locker room who aren't wearing a letter on their jersey as well. Like, you've got, obviously, he's wearing the A, but you've got Marchand in there. People listen to him. Krejci's um, back. Krejci's yep, a big voice in the locker room. Those are some big names to try to win over. If you're trying to yeah. if you're trying to forget an instance like that that happened in the past. And it, should, it shouldn't be forgotten. I mean, it should, like, of course, it, yeah. Like, like, you I, should be held accountable for it. I mean, according to this quote, and this is from Nesson, um, Sweeney revealed he spoke to the leadership group of players and made them aware of the plan. Sweeney acknowledged some of these players who were not named asked, why do this? Right? Bergeron. So Bergeron, Krejci, every guy that Mike just named, you know, if this quote is out in there, this is on a public article that the players were like non Several months, this. like, um, what is it? His rights by Arizona got um, revoked. revoked in October. Of 2020, June 3rd, 2020, Patrice Bergeron releases powerful statement on racism, donating 50k. Exactly. So, that, that just goes to show you the kind of person he is. So I don't Bergeron understand. will not take this lightly if he ever sees the Bruins locker room. You know, mm-hmm. he, he will, won't. I I, I think I he tru- would let him have. He would let him have it in front of the entire team. I truly they, believe that. I mean, obviously, this could be overstepping, but. Don Sweeney could get fired for this because I, if he loses the respect of the locker room, how can you effectively after, operate as a how can you be, how can you, how can your team trust you to make decisions to make the team better when you're going out and signing players that are on top of having the bad, team chemistry I don't, it doesn't make on any top sense. of having a bad draft record. You know, the only guy he's hit on really has been Charlie McAvoy. Yeah, and he was a first round pick. So <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, I would hope that he pans out. Yep, but um. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of question marks when it comes to the front office, but, um, you know, what can we do? We're just three idiots in a radio station. But yeah, um, it's just, it's it's a fascinating situation. It's extremely frustrating to me as a Bruins fan, especially with how good they are right now. Right. And the, the, the player's past is terrible. It's not even like he got, in a, like, he did something slightly, like maybe he got a speeding ticket or, like, you know what I mean? He has, like, some mm-hmm. kind of instances from college where, you know, he was, like, had it, he was bad in the locker room. Like, this is an inexcusable um, situation. You know, I don't care how old he was. It happened. It went to court, like Seth had mentioned. It, he should not be on the Bruins. He shouldn't be on any team. Yeah, that's, 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 just, that's not a mistake. It's then. just morals. Like, it's it's wrong. It's right and wrong. Yeah. So The only, the only repeated thing- action is a conscious action. Right. That's that's a powerful statement right there, Mr. Sh- Mr. Fromowitz. You know, we've been addressing some serious topics here, you know, with the email situation a few weeks ago and now this, but this is part of sports, and this is mm-hmm. the part of sports that, you know, 
needs to be talked about as well as the, the wins and the losses. But So the Boston Celtics have some interesting situations going on as well. Uh, former head coach Emi Udoka um, is rumored to be coming the next uh, head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, they fired current and former head coach Steve Nash, Nash this past week. Um, and immediately after reports came out that you know former Nets assistant Ime Udoka may be potentially making a return to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, this is such a fascinating situation for us as Celtics fans because Celtics are like, sure, you can talk to them. They're not really holding them back. Um, my buddy Sammy, Sammy, if you're listening, shout out for telling me this. Celtics traded Doc Rivers back in the day mm-hmm. to another team for them to become the Clippers, for him to become the head coach of the Clippers. And they gave us, I don't remember what it was, they gave us something. But, mm-hmm. you know, it'd be interesting to see if the Celtics did that. They are not. And the situation at hand is fascinating because some new reports came out this week from Ime Udoka's wife. And I like to start off by saying we are not an opinion show. We're not a drama show. And uh, I well, can't. Our on last the, segment was a decent amount of opinion. But yeah, but that's okay. It was more of common sense. Yeah, but yeah um, was, that's fair. The Clippers ended up sending the Celtics a 2015 first round pick for and, Doc Rivers. Yes. Um, I guess. The Clippers were trying to make it unprotect, or were to try to make it lottery protected, but I guess the Celtics were able to sway them into. Uh, I wonder what we ended up getting for uh, Ducky. I don't know. I guess. Uh, I but uh, that I can continue while you search that up. Um, this is a kind of an unofficial report came from a podcast, but apparently Nia Long, Ime's um, former ex-wife, uh, former wife, ex-wife, whatever the former. They're ex-wife. still technically together, I think. Whatever the current status is. She apparently stated that there was a Celtics player that did not get along with Ime Yudoka that apparently was the one that broke the news of the consensual sexual relationship between Ime and a Celtics staff member to Celtics management, who then we moved forward, or the Celtics moved forward with what transpired, leading to Ime's suspension, and now we're here. Now, there's a lot of theories that have been going on about who that player was and why you know this is coming out now. The basis of this opinion and this kind of theory, in a sense, is that once E-Mail, the email news that he may become the next head coach of the Brooklyn Nets came out, Woj posted a picture of Ime Udoka standing next to Kevin Durant. And Celtics superstar Jalen Brown reposted said picture to his Instagram story. Now, I like to read between the lines, especially when it's with my boy Jalen Brown. Why would Jalen Brown post that picture? Now, if you think about it, over the last year who has been in trade talks, specifically trade talks with the Nets. Let's do a little context clues. Jalen Brown, pretty much his entire career, has been on the quote-unquote trading block in the eyes of the media and some Celtics fans. Some Celtics fans who don't have a lot of common sense, but some Celtics fans that would want to see Kevin Durant in a Celtics jersey. So the basis of this kind of theory and this um, statement I'm talking about right now is that he may want to trade Jalen Brown for Kevin Durant. Jalen, you know, the smart man he is, was aware of this and didn't clearly, like it. Yeah, Who would clearly like was not happy. You know, why would you want to get separated from you know uh, the one of the best duos in the NBA? You could very well argue that it is the best duo in the NBA, and, and it has so much potential to be one of the best duos potentially in NBA history if That's you were right. to keep them together throughout their career. They're both... They're only 19. They're they're both only 19. They're right. both ascending. They get better every year. They just made the finals. Um, they, the Celtics look good this year. They're continuing the role they've been on. Yep. But they are 4-3, and three, but uh, 
I still, I still think they've been playing well. You mm-hmm. know, the Cavs are definitely no team to take lightly, and they've yes, lost the both their games to them. Cavs are a fantastic team, very young, very well-rounded, very and fast. Too. I'm very excited to see that Celtics-Cavs series for the foreseeable future. I mean, yeah, could, yeah, the, the longevity is insane. That for could both potentially of those teams. be the. Uh, Eastern Conference Finals this year, you never know. Or they'll maybe meet them earlier. Yeah, I mean, I would be thrilled with that matchup. I, there's really nobody on the Cavs that I, like, dislike. Yeah. I really, there's really not got a, good, a, lot of good a players diva. Um, Karis LeVert's a very underrated player. He put up 40 against us the first time we played the Cavs. Yep. I, I mean, I'm a big fan of Donovan Mitchell. He seems like a nice guy. You know, him and Jalen Brown get along. And, uh, you know, like you said, Karis LeVert has been very strong for them. Karis mm. LeVert, you know, I believe... He had that um, medical issue that yeah, they wasn't found. It, wasn't it cancerous or something like that? It was like something that? similar where, like, he, if they, the Nets didn't trade him, he wouldn't have found out. Right. So Because it was, a, it was like a physical, yes. To be complete to trade. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they have Jared Allen who... And then he also, didn't he have, like, a bad ankle injury as well? Something like he had that. Like he's a, been out for a little while. A bad but, um, broken ankle or something, too. But he's, you know, he's balling out now. And then you got Darius Garland who's just... He's a... I think he just he, came back. Darius Garland's... Yeah, he just came back against the Celtics. He had a strong injury. Yeah, and then you have um, Evan Mobley. And, you know, I really don't think any of those guys are, like, dislikable, which makes it hard to be... Right. If they're going to become our rival for the next five years or something like that, then, you know, it'll be interesting. So... For sure. Personally, um, I'm really excited for that matchup. Um, yeah, Garland led the way last game with 29 points. Mitchell added 25. Mm-hmm. Jared Allen with 14 and 14. Evan Mobley with 15. And Karis LeVert with 15. Like, that's a very, very solid five right there. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, you still got Kevin Love coming off the bench, who's still a knockdown shooter from three. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's maybe not, uh, he may what not he be, be his Minnesota Timberwolves days. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. He can only do so much. Um, and, you know, just because I know she's listening, Taylor, I'll give uh, Blake Griffin a shout out. You know, he doesn't, uh, doesn't do much on the court, but uh, he is my sister's favorite player, you know. So he did also put up. Seven points into three against the Cavs the first time we played them. So there you go, Taylor. If you want to, uh, you know, go get yourself a Blake Griffin jersey, you can go ahead and do that. But anyways, we've got the Bulls tonight at seven thirty. They are five and four, so a similar record to us. Um, we lost to the Bulls as well. So the first time we played them. So this is definitely going to be sort of a you know revenge game. Um, that was a great game against the Bulls. Right. Um, DeMar DeRozan having a great season, you know. He's really turning it around yeah, later his, on in his, his career. career. Yeah, exactly. He's, and I, I'm so glad he didn't end up on the Lakers because <laughs> then we would have had to hate him. Right, um, exactly. The Lakers are terrible, but he would have definitely helped. One of those players, too, where he, his uh, his mid-range is just absolutely automatic, you know. Yeah. Um, a lot of people regard him as one of the greatest mid-range shooters of all time, and I don't think it's a stretch to even – I don't think it's a stretch to have him in that conversation at all. Mm. Um, I think him and Kawhi Leonard are definitely up there. Um, but yeah, you know, he had a uh, at, at one point last year, a lot of teams were, uh, a lot of people around the league were talking about you know, a potential MVP season out of him. Uh-huh. Averaged twenty eight points a game. That was a career high. Mm-hmm. Um, My first Celtics game was against the Bulls, and Demar absolutely cooked us, and they yeah. lost. So he's been a bucket getter for uh, a long time. You know, yeah, ever, ever yeah. since he came into the league, really, he's been he's been scoring. Mm. And uh, at a pretty solid efficiency too. You know, he's still working on that three pointer. Yeah. Um, but he did shoot thirty five percent from three last year, which is definitely not too bad at all. Um, 
but yeah, we got the Bulls tonight, so we just got to make sure that uh, we just grab the boards. Yep. Uh, don't, you know, have any stupid turnovers. Like Tatum's our guy, but against the against the Cavs in a close game last time, he had six turnovers. You mm-hmm. definitely don't want to have that. Yeah, I'm expecting um, a bounce back game from yeah. Tatum in the Celtics. You uh, just got to definitely make sure that we, uh, you know, don't do anything stupid and just lock up when it, when it's you know needed when it's in the clutch moments. Mm-hmm. But um, Celtics, uh, yeah. you know, a guy that the Celtics made a move for this offseason, Malcolm Brogdon, you know, bring him in. Aaron Neesmith was shipped to Indiana. Um, Brogdon looks great. I mean, we had high expectations for him before the season started. I mean, the Celtics have been interested in him for, since his, you know, rookie year with right. the, uh, the Bucks. He, I remember, I mean, I remember watching those playoff series. He would come off the bench and just, you know, he was an, an electric kind of an addition. Yep, he does nothing too flashy with the ball, but he's very... Yeah. Excuse me. Very underrated when it comes to handling the ball. He's he's got very clean, quick dribbling. Uh, he does a great job protecting the ball. He attacks the rim. A, I like that. He does attack he the gets rim. Shifty underneath. He's a good passer and he's not afraid to create his own shot. I very much like that signing. And we really didn't give up that much for him. No, nope, definitely a not. First uh, round yeah, it was a trade. Excuse Neesmith me. Smith and Tice. Right. So you're not, and then a bunch of like scrubs. I remember they threw in like everybody that was on the bench. But yeah, right. Exactly. Um, Another thing I want to hit on the Celtics, and this is more of a question I'm going to toss to a Celtics fan and Mike, you know, and an unbiased Celtics <laughs> non-supporter. And Seth, Grant Williams is in contract year. And if Ethan was here, he'd, you know, obviously want to hit on this topic as well. But Grant Williams is someone that at the beginning of last season of B&E, we, when he first started, we were like, what are they doing? Why is Grant Williams starting right now? Right. Like, this is, like, we were, like, shocked by it. And I'd love to find the clip sometime. And I remember I was like... What are they doing? Like, yep, I was definitely on that train too. There was there was times when was I would shocking. be. I was looking at these Instagram pages, these Celtics fan pages that would just be posting, uh, you know, quote unquote highlight videos of Grant Williams like airballing a layup or something like that, or like not he jumping was, for like, a rebound. It's, the, it's it's fascinating to me because it was a good turnaround. For how him. quickly he won over the fan base, right? Um, and you know, he's in a contract year. He publicly stated the other day that it was, he was quote unquote disappointed that the Celtics didn't extend him this offseason. Yep. Especially after being, you know, one of the better players in the postseason run last year. I mean, exactly. he had he moments was, where he looked like the best guy on the team. Yeah, he was absolutely vital against the Bucks in that series. Yeah. Uh he played some solid defense on Giannis, you know, as as solid as you can play on him, of course, because he is just an absolute freak. But um in game seven, you know, in the closeout game when it mattered the most, 27 points from him. And I yeah. think he led the Celtics in points that game. You know, he was absolutely lights out from uh, three, uh, which is something that he's developed over the course of the last season is that corner three shot, you know. Corner three. He's almost <laughs> similar to P.J. Tucker in the sense that when he has an open shot from the corner, like nine times out of ten, that thing's going in. But uh, So the question I have for both of you, you know, Grant Williams is asked, um, I, you know, reporters are saying he's going to get anywhere between seventeen to eighteen million dollars a year, and that some of the some teams like the Pistons, the Magic, um, some of the teams that have you know money to spend are going to go you know and pursue him. If you're the Celtics, you know you're in Brad Stevens' position. You know you see the team, you see where they're going. You know, is Grant Williams a guy that you bring back to try to kind of build into this core group, or do you feel like he's a guy where you can go out and potentially? sign someone similar, similar build, similar role, or kind of draft and develop someone similar? Um, I guess I'll, I'll take it first here, yeah. but um, I definitely think if you can, that you should. But, like, if money becomes an issue, 
then I think that his role is like not exactly a Draymond Green type role, but mm-hmm. it's similar in a lot of aspects. Yeah. Uh, and also, like I said, PJ Tucker in the sense that he plays pretty good defense and he can hit the three when he's open. But um, there's a lot of players in the NBA who can do stuff like that. So at the end of the day, if money because becomes an issue and Grant's asking for too much, because you know at the end of the day right now he's averaging ten points a game. Would you give him twenty million dollars a year for four to five years? Like, would you give him a five-year hundred million dollar contract? No. Um, me personally, I, I wouldn't. I would probably try to get it down to fifteen. If yes. I could, I would, I would definitely do five years, 15, if he accepted it. Do you think Grant would take, like, a hometown discount if they if they went on to win the finals this year? Sort of. If they I win the finals so. this year, do you think he takes less money because they're a championship team? I definitely think that the, the uh, front office can use that As a, in persuading him. Because, I mean, he, he Grant fits the timeline. He loves eyes. it here. He's, he's best friends with the franchise's best player. You know, him and Tatum and him and Deuce. <laughs> You know, he is, you know, that's an underrated part of Grant's game. You know, Grant's presence is his locker room. Mm. You know, his, I don't want to use presence, but his locker room presence. I mean, he dressed up as Batman for Halloween. I feel like he's a positive guy. You know, if you look at interviews, everyone says he's like the, the kind of the class clown of the team. Um, and I think sometimes you need a guy like that. You right. know what I mean? And at the end of the day, they're all playing a game, right? Yeah. And it's nice to have somebody to remind them that. You know, I, he's passionate, and, you know, I, I'm not going discredit to him, discredit him for his improvement. I mean, he's done absolutely everything you can expect him to do as a player, and he's in the contract here. I mean, I'm sure if he's disappointed that they didn't extend him, he obviously wants to be a part of the team. He doesn't – I don't really picture Grant as, like, a diva to the point where he's going to be like, you know, I'm not playing you until you give me money. Right. Or, you know what I mean? Or, like – Of course, he can always turn it around, and maybe he will earn that $20 million. You know, what if he – What, if what he do you think he has to do? Like, if, 15 points a game. Like, a, like that's a, better. If you want, all right, so you want him to – more points per game. Like, well, can, I'm just saying if, if he yes, was able if he were to – to take a leap, another right. leap. Because then he would earn that money, I think. What I think they really should have done is they should have probably extended him before the start of last season, before we went on that historic run when he was kind of just right. average. And, like, he wasn't bad. Like, I mean, like, end of – our like end of last season. Actually, my timelines are so messed up. They should have extended them, but before like before we started freshman year. So before the twenty twenty one twenty two after season. the disappointment season. Yes, after right. yes, well, that was when we were a what like a six seed before or he was even 17. in the starting lineup. Like, but like if they had given him like a four year like sixty million dollar contract, we would have been pissed as Celtics fans at the time. We'd have been like. That's an overpay. Grant doesn't even play, and then now we would be like, "That's a steal." We just like whatever. So yeah, I guess you can look at it both ways. I don't like to play the what ifs game, but yeah, uh, Seth, what are your thoughts on Grant Williams as far as uh, what he brings to the team? I guess, and would you pay him? I don't think I'd pay him. I I really just see him as a depth role player. Mm-hmm. No depth role player should be getting paid a hundred mil. Yeah, no yeah, matter how long that. that contract is. I. I mean, personally, I don't really watch as many Celtics games, so I'm not the most knowledged on, you know, I wouldn't say I'm the most knowledged on this topic. I hear Grant Williams, and I only think of a guy coming off of the bench. So unless he's, you know, the best sixth man of all time. He's not even the sixth man, though. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. That's right, yeah. Therefore, he shouldn't be making, he should not be breaking any sort of bank whatsoever like yeah he might be a well-liked guy but yeah right. well-liked guys don't win games that's unless fair. they're yeah. good unless they're very good <laughs> but 
when it comes to your character. I think you said that pretty well, yeah. Do you see him as a potential trade candidate? Definitely. I think he's a he's a good enough where he could you could get a good return out of him, but not good enough that he should be breaking or he should be eating up a lot of money. Now, right. I think depending on how their season goes, I think a, 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 if they were going to trade him, I think a good spot for him would probably be somewhere like Charlotte. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, what would you look to get back? Would you want picks or would you want like a, a, a veteran? Like I don't know. Well, the way know? Boston sports is going, you'd probably want Miles Bridges, no? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, you're not wrong with that statement. Um, we're, in, we're in a bad spot right now. I think if we're banking on Gallinari to be healthy next year, because he is under that contract is for next point. year, yeah, that's, then that is a I think point. that grabbing draft picks would not be terrible. I mean, if we can get a first-round pick out of it, that would be wonderful. But, I mean... But, like, what what about, like, an emergence of, like, you know, a Sam Hauser type? You have a guy that needs minutes and is impressing. Right. You know, can shoot the ball. Grant can shoot. Sam Hauser's got one of the prettiest shots in the Celtics. Yeah, you know. he's been lights out this year. You look into something like that. Um, I mean, I don't want to be... Like, I don't want to ship Grant off unless it's going to be worth it. I don't think trading him would make any sense. Mm-hmm. Just chemistry-wise, it might make sense, like, you know, team draft pick. Type. Like, it might make sense that on that side of the game. But, like, I think it would definitely have us put us in the, the wrong direction. I can, I can also, I mean, obviously, we, I don't really think the Celtics have any, like, quote-unquote weak point, weak point right now. I think we have the depth, and we're not really, like, obviously lacking at any position. Missing, we're missing Robert Williams is really the only thing that we're lacking in right I, now. I can see, and I don't want to jump the gun on this, but if the Celtics come, you know, the trade deadline are in desperate need of a specific position or depth at the big man or something, you know, I can see them packaging potentially Peyton Pritchard and Grant Williams to go get you know another stud if you if you needed it and i don't think they will and i pref- i personally would prefer to have them have as much depth as possible especially with the injuries and like last year you saw Pritchard and Grant were both getting consistent minutes when they it mattered but you know i think it's a possibility to you know Brad could do it if like he, if someone becomes yeah. available if I someone like becomes unhappy so. in, in my mind Grant Williams is a guy that if you trade him it's going to have a negative impact but at the end of the season, if you let him just walk, it's business as usual. I don't think it has yeah, that much. Right. I don't think it. Well, I don't. Not I to say that would. nobody would care. Yeah. But it, that locker room and that fan base would care so much more if they traded him in the middle of the season because it'd be like, why would you do that? The yeah. chemistry was so good. Everybody liked him. But yeah. if you just don't resign him and he signed somewhere else, everybody's like, good for him get getting nothing. the money. Yeah. That, good I, for him. I think it. that's probably the most realistic option. For him to leave in free agency and go get a bag from like the Pistons or the Charlotte Hornets or hey, someone, he could he could be a good fit in the Pistons yeah. too. They've got a bright future. But I um, mean, I, last, I can see it. I mean, it's happened with Terry Rozier, right? Like, guys that shine in Boston go out and got their bag. So like, we'll see what yeah. happens. And I just want to do uh, throw the last few minutes here of this uh, longer show onto baseball. You know, we've got the World Series going on, and the Houston Astros have recently no hit. Philadelphia Phillies one game after the Phillies hit five home runs on them so a little bit of an interesting swing there yeah that is a very Careful interesting what you call it though right um it yeah it was a no-hitter are you kidding me by definition yeah yeah they they no hit they no hit the Phillies not one person but the Astros pitched a no-hitter um and then of course yeah. the Astros won last night by a score of three to two so they now have the uh Three games to two lead, and then now they're going back to Houston for the next two games, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's I, two, two, three, two. Is that how it works in baseball? Um, yeah. Okay. Two, three, so, two. yeah, that's going to be tough then to win two games in uh, 
Houston, if you're a Phillies fan, you know, don't stop you believing. You got the Eagles. You, exactly, right. Don't stop believing, but you still have the Eagles. Um, For now. Right. That, um, and they obviously just won last night against the probably, I'd say, consensus worst team in the NFL, the Houston Texans. But actually, they didn't look terrible. It was, so cool. it was a close game. 29-17, to 17, Eagles terrible. win. But, uh, Not a game where the number one team in the NFL should be at against the number 32 team yeah, in the NFL. Well, you know, oh well. But uh, a win is a win. 7-0. and Anyways, the Astros have, like I said, the 3-2 to two series lead. So we, time will only tell to see who our World Series champion is. And we will update you on that on the next episode. But anyways, thank you guys for uh, tuning in on this fine Friday afternoon. We appreciate it, as always. And uh, any final thoughts from any of you guys? You know, follow us on Twitter. You got Brendan Kelly 34 Michael King 781 you got me, Seth Framo, uh, right. capital S, capital F. And you always, probably if you want to see some actual content that's relevant, you'd probably want to follow our our fourth here, the E and B and E, Mr. Ethan Hurwitz at Hurwitz Sports, capital H, capital uh, S in sports in the beginning. And, you know, um, like he shouted us out, I just want to say shout out to Drake for shouting out the show. Right. And, you know, uh, I, I kind of take that personal. Where, with what the, track was that on? With this li- lyric. <laughs> that uh, was a fire believe, track. What though. was it called? It was, um, um, something. Rich Flex? It was Rich Flex. The, it was Rich the Flex. First track That's on what it was called. Album, uh, uh, Drake and 21 Savage's new album they dropped last night called Her Loss. Yep. And he, he said, I used to want a, a GMC when Woe was doing B&E. B&E. I don't know who Woe is, uh, but we revin, we, revin, we revin up and going on a run like we DMC. Uh, and if you follow me on Twitter, you see that you know that those exact lines really resonate with me because B&E, of course, don't know who Woe is, like I mentioned. And I do, in fact, have a GMC. And last night, Mike King can confirm this. We were listening to some run DMC. It is tricky. So it was. It, it is. is it is tricky out here. But you know, you know, I why don't we? This is a, this is Harry. You know what? Honestly, honestly, I'm just gonna say, it. Um, guys, I am Champagne Poppy. Um, <laughs> so right. that is all I have to say. Shout out, uh, shout out, Drake. Shout, shout out, out to Drake. Big Milk. <laughs> shout out, Drake. Shout out, grocery shout out, stores. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. You know, have a great weekend. Stay safe. Go Bobcats. Go Bobcats. Thank you. All right, take take care. Thanks for staying with us. Hope Tom King feels better. I know he's listening. Right, he's feeling a little stuffed up right now. But uh, yeah, get some rest. Feel better, Mr. King. Take care. Take care.